What's happening, Rebron Nation? Welcome to another sales meeting. Always excited to have you here. Building business, self-improvement, doing things differently, better, and just kind of looking at looking at this real estate world from a different perspective. You know, as agents, we tend to get stuck in our old ways and in the traditional, I don't know, trainings and teachings of the industry. And here at Reraw, we're trying to give you fresh new perspective, give you opportunities to see things differently, perhaps, than you have before. So before we jump into our subject matter and our topic today, as we quickly approach the end of 2021, I want to remind those of you who have not done your general business planning for, for next year, and maybe maybe you're listening to this a year from now, that's fine, whatever. It, at, if you're at the end of a calendar year and you haven't done your business planning and development and, and your goal setting and all the numbers and everything you need to do to get ready for your next year, then I want you to push pause for a moment and I actually want you to before you even listen to this, I want you to go take a break. I want you to go all the way back to episode one of the Reraw podcast where we talk about, I believe it's called Goal Setting Reinvented. And we don't do traditional stuff here. You know, we do things, uh, I do things that I think elevates you uh, and brings you to a, a different level, like I said before, by offering new perspectives. So if you haven't done goal setting and gotten yourself prepped and ready for the next year, I want you to pause right now, go all the way back to episode one and listen to Goal Setting Reinvented get that exercise done, and then come back. It's so important that you are in alignment with where you need to be for this upcoming year so that you can have the best success ever. Okay, now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's jump into today's topic. I want to talk about this weird thing that's been going on. I feel like it gets harder and harder every single year and more more and more challenging to work with real estate agents, right? We because And not because... Not because uh, of anything other than the fact that then we make it tough to work with us. And, and I'll use a few examples, but let me, I guess I should disclaim before we get you know, too, too thick into the weeds here. You need to always do what you're required by law to do in your state and locale. So if some of the stuff we talk about today, you're like, well, that would be illegal in my state. Okay, well, then you know, I'm not telling you to break, break the law. Uh, that's not what we're here. I'm not here to give you legal advice. I'm not here to tell you to break the law. And I'm also not here to tell you that you shouldn't be compliant with your broker's rules, regulations, and guidelines. So if anything I say goes against the law in your state or locale, or goes against the, uh, the standard of practice that your brokerage requires of you, then, then you need to, uh, you could just be a, a listener here, but not, uh, not in any way, shape, or form should you think that I'm trying to encourage you to do stuff that you're not supposed to. But let's offer some perspective. And uh, maybe uh, for those of you in places where this wouldn't fly, uh, let's, let's use it as an opportunity to perhaps change the way we think about stuff. Okay. So things like exclusive buyer contracts or buyer broker agreements, things like listing, uh, listing agreements that don't give sellers an opportunity to opt out of a listing without consequence, right? For some reason, we make things hard to work with us. And I'll give you some other examples, but you know, think think about this for a minute. There's, we've already got a national association that, over the past couple of years, I mean, really has we've started to see like aggressive changes over the past couple of years. Started restricting how buyers and sellers alike can work with agents that are members of this particular association. Right? There's requirements, or in my opinion, we'll call them uh, restrictions, on how agents have to market homes and. It essentially restricts options that sellers who who choose to work with these agents have and how they approach the preparation for their for their sale and eventually marketing of their home to find the appropriate buyer. 
it restricts the options on how they can go about those things, right? My, my point here is this. And my point is that as agents, there's several institutions that are supposedly working in our best interest and in theory, all the while, are actually creating rules and restrictions for agents which make it harder and less desirable for folks to want to work with us. And if that was if that was the worst of it, that'd be one thing. But the, the worst of it is actually the fact that we've got agents who make it even more difficult to work with because we drive all of these, you know, attempts to guarantee our income into into contracts, into writing, to make sure that we're not losing money if uh, if a deal doesn't work out, to make sure that we have less risk because God forbid we we quote unquote work for free, right? I'm not here to be your tour guide, so if you want me to show you homes, you have to do these 37 different things. All right, Reron Nation, listen up. I'll get you back to the show in a sec, but i got to talk to you about something real fast. Whether you've heard me say this before or not, hear me now. There are two things, not one, but two things that agents need to have on their own to really control their own business and be truly independent. The first, you've got to be able to lead gen for yourself. And the second, you need to own your own systems. That's right. If you're deep in the weeds of whatever CRM website or tools that your brokerage provides, then you just don't truly own and control your own business. And if you don't believe me, let me tell you, you can try leaving that brokerage and see how easy it is to take it all with you. Trust me, I've been there and it sucks. But I've got great news. Here at Rerow, we've invested in building something just for you. Our new Contactical system is built on enterprise-grade software and includes everything you need in a system to run and control your real estate business. And this isn't some affiliate deal either. My business partner and I put this together and managed it ourselves. I actually had it built for my real estate business, and now it's available to you. I want to give you a 14-day free trial. Just head over to reraw.com forward slash CRM. You'd probably call it a CRM too, but really, this thing is a full-on business management system. It includes a simple CRM and an app for your phone to go with it. You've got your agent website. Actually, we give you unlimited sites, single property pages, lead gen, landing pages, funnels, all of it. It gives you the automation you need. You can leverage that for lead gen or just to set up your drip campaigns. And if you prefer more personal interaction, you can send one-off manual communications too. We include a dialer for both inbound and outbound calling, reputation management tools, personalized online schedule, and more. It's just great because Contactical has it all. It's powerful and comprehensive, which allows you to consolidate multiple services into one and really save a ton of money. And it's got more features, by the way, than you're probably going to need when you start. But here's the cool part. It's one flat price. So you can grow your business over time and not worry about spending more dough to unlock extra features. It's all already in there. Anyway, I'll get you back to the show, but first, go get your 14-day free trial. No setup fees or contracts. Just head over to reraw.com forward slash CRM. Get your free trial, invest in your freedom, and finally, take control of your business. That's reraw.com forward slash CRM. We'll see you there. The prevailing message of today is your service should be your contract. Now, fo- follow me for a minute, because I know I, I always get some some heavy comments on this, and, and we see them fly around all the time, right? They, I, I, I get in debates online. I've had people write in about it. Folks have written in and been like, hey, James, if you want to be a tour guide, that's fine. You're obviously just an example of someone who's not all that successful. But if you've got time on your hands, listen, I, I don't have any more time in a day than you do. We've all got 24 hours. 
But we've really got to start thinking and evaluating what it is that we do. Because as real estate agents, we're at a position in this point in this industry where the, the public opinion of our industry is just dropping by the minute, right? We, we see threats of replacements or threats of uh, change to the industry on a, on a day-to-day basis because folks are trying to, you know, other, indus- other institutions, other technologies are being created in an effort to try and replace the very things that so many people don't like, which is us, by the way. When your service is your contract, you're held to the highest standard possible because you actually have something to lose. When you don't actually require exclusivity in your contracts, you allow people the opt-out clause in a listing agreement without the obligation to pay if they sell it. You, you give people an opportunity. It's like the ultimate takeaway approach, but you give people the opportunity to truly experience your service for exactly that, for, for its standalone ability as service, for your ability to interpret the market, to provide positive and constructive consultation. We're turning into an industry where the agents just want to guarantee, want a guarantee of commitment, uh, or, or they aren't willing to do the work. And, and again, I, I've used the exclusive agency as an example, but it doesn't stop there. And we'll get back to it, but it doesn't stop there. Like you get agents all the time who, you know, quote, I won't show homes without a prequalification from, from a lender. Or, quote, I'll show you one home, but then I require prequalification with a lender. I'm not a tour guide. Where, how, how are you proving your competency as an agent other than the, the, the idea that you may have done a, a consultation appointment with somebody where you're like, well, this is what I'm capable of. Well, prove some of it. Show me. Talk to me about that. The amount of money that's on the line is significant. Whether the buyer is actually paying your commission out of their own pocket or it's rolled into the financing of the place they're buying or the seller is actually you know, offering to pay you tens of thousands of dollars for, for marketing their home and selling it. The stakes are high. And it's amazing to me how how much we're unwilling to do for folks without, you know, without making them jump through hoops. Now, I'm not saying that, that folks shouldn't be qualified, but you have the ability to also ask better questions of your prospects so that you understand how motivated they are, how qualified they may be to go out there looking at a home with you, or how qualified they may be to, uh, to be making decisions to potentially sell. Should they be meeting with just you and, and them, or do they need to invite another person into the equation who actually owns the house, right? What, like, what, what situation are we in, and why are we not asking better questions to create the qualifications instead of, like, you know, we're, we make people, like, sign in blood, right? I'll only show my buyer this many homes, uh, and if they don't offer, you know, after they've seen, let's say, 10 homes, then to hell with them, they're fired. Really? Like, that's where we're at? Now, you get agents on the listing side that want to write into their agreements that, uh, you know, if the house doesn't sell, then I want marketing reimbursement. If the property doesn't sell and and, uh, I'm not going to let the uh, I'm not going to let unhappy customers out of a contract without hanging it over their head. The property doesn't sell. I want my marketing money back. And also you're uh, will will, uh, withdraw the house from the market. But I'm keeping my listing agreement in place so that you can't sell it with anybody else without paying me. How good is your service? If you'd like to be able to answer that question in the most honest way possible, if you really, really want to know how good your service is, then consider giving every single party that you work with the opportunity to leave. No strings attached. 
and watch how much better you treat every single customer who works with you. Well, James, what about agency? I have to have an agency agreement to be able to write offers or to, to have a listing. Look, having an exclusive agency is one thing. Having an exclusive agency that a client can cancel and can get out of without consequence is another. I have to have a I have to establish an agency before I can, you know, present an offer on a property for a client. I have to have agency. I have to have exclusive agency before I can have someone sign a listing agreement with me that will be represented by by my brokerage or by the brokerage that I'm at, right? And be their exclusive representative. But I can also give them an opt-out clause. They can cancel at any time, right? Those are things that we can do. And then we hold ourselves to a higher standard because now our service actually does have to prove itself or we're out. Think about that. Think about what it means to actually have, you know, people say, well, my, my word is my bond. Okay, my service is mine. Is yours? It's so interesting because a few episodes ago, we talked about you know how discount brokers don't exist and how we all operate with different margins and, and we do things you know differently. But it's so interesting because real estate is such a high-risk business. See, it's not just risky for us, though. It's risky for our clients because they're taking a chance on us. They may not have, they may not have you know, had experience in working with someone like us before. Maybe this is the first time they've ever engaged with an agent. How do they know that you're being truthful or honest? Well, they're going to have to trust me, James. We're going to, but that's, you know, that's why they have a chance after our, after my presentation to, uh, to pick whether or not they want to work with me. Well, listen, everybody sounds great in the interview, right? We all put on a smiling face in an interview. Why do you think so many people take a job in corporate America and they have, you know, 90 day probation periods? It's, it's because, it's because everybody can put a face on in the interview. We can all be actors for a short amount of time. But there's a, there's a period of time that we have to you know prove ourselves. We have to put our money where our mouth is. We have to put our performance where where our promises were made. Right? My service is my bond. Is yours? My service is the contract. Is yours? I've never once, not one time, have I signed an exclusive agency with a buyer. They are free to leave at any time, and I can count on one hand since 2013 how many times that's actually burned me. And the times that it has burned me. Guess what? I don't consider it a uh, me getting screwed. I consider it an opportunity for me to look back and go, damn, where were my shortcomings on that? What did I not communicate well? What, what questions did I not ask to reveal what my total exposure was? There's something I didn't know. There's something I didn't know. There's a great book called Never Never Split the Difference, and uh, it's Never Split the Difference Negotiating as If Your Life Depended on It, and um, by Christopher Voss. And you know, it's it's interesting because they talk about what we call the, the or what they call the black swan, and the black swan is any material thing, any material thing about a negotiate that could influence a negotiation that you don't know. Any material fact that could influence a negotiation that you don't know. Material fact, like something that is important to the negotiation could literally change the outcome of the negotiation. It could be their motivation, right? So what what is the black swan for, for your clients? What There could be more than one. How are you qualifying them on the front end? What questions are you asking to them 
to truly understand what they're looking for in their journey. See, most agents, and by the way, this is okay because we're all human. This isn't a criticism. This is a constructive criticism so that we can, we can learn. We can, we can better ourselves. We can grow. We can evolve. But most agents focus on what's in it for them. We focus on what we have to do, what we have to put in, what our exposure is. The client has exposure too. They're taking a chance on you. Gosh, they could miss the market if they hire you and, and you can't get the job done. Sure, at the end of it, they still have a house, but what if they left a hundred grand on the table because they picked the wrong agent who couldn't sell it? And then all of a sudden, the peak of the market's gone. We're on the way down. There's now stigmas in a seller's market with a house that sat for longer than X amount of time. And, you know, what's wrong with it, they say? What's wrong with it? Future buyers will ask. Why has it been on and off the market so much? Well, is it because there's something wrong with the house or because the agent messed it all up? What's the deal? See, I allow my, my service to be the most important part of the contract. Every listing agreement I ha- that I put out there, no problem. You can, you can cancel the listing at any time. I ask for an opportunity when we sign the listing agreement that you let me bring the house to full market. And let's say it's a hypothetically a six-month listing agreement, right? If you are actually wanting to sell the house, I, I want to I wanna have an opportunity to work with you. Right, I present the strategy I think is going to be best for you. You can choose ultimately if it is. And if you don't like it, I'll, I'll list the house at whatever you want, under whatever terms you want. And if I won't, and if I do, excuse me, if I do list the house, then it's because I'm agreeing to, to take on the risk because I believe in my capability to do so as hard as it may be. But I see so many agents that bitch and moan, oh, well, I took the listing and uh, they overpriced the shit out of it. Okay. But you still took the listing. That was a risk that you were willing to take. And generally speaking, when we take those risks in this industry, it's because the reward, the the potential reward is high. Oh, I won't negotiate my commissions because who am I? Uh, How could I possibly get you the best price if I'm willing to, you know, just negotiate and give my commissions away? I don't know. I mean, it's funny how many people lock themselves into into a listing agreement with a high overpriced listing, they know it's overpriced, and then spend the majority of the listing trying to talk their clients down. Why does the client have to be the one to always make the concessions and the agents don't? My service is my contract. If I tell someone I can do something and I don't show up, I don't deserve the reward. Somebody wants, somebody says they want to go see houses. Well, how do they know what's available? How do they know if they're actually interested in buying? How do they know if, if, what they think they want is even available to them unless somebody's willing to take them out without them being pre-qualified. How can somebody figure out what kind of what kind of planning has to go in to potentially buying a house in the next one to two years if nobody will take them out to see what those houses look like now? How difficult do we make it to work with us? There's already so many restrictions. There's already like all these new rules about, you know, what the way that you're allowed to market a house what if if you're if you're a realtor then there's certain guidelines that have to be followed and if the seller wants to work with a realtor as opposed to just a, any old licensed agent they have to do things differently we already have restrictions on what can, what we can say in a property description and how and I'm and guys I'm not let's just be really clear I'm not talking about like oh I have an issue with like you know fair housing shit I'm saying even just the way that we are free to market homes has been changed over the years through different institutions. 
So why do we put more boundaries, more barriers in front of us? Why do we make it harder to work with us unnecessarily? Okay, so I've thrown a lot out there. Gosh, let me, let me kind of um, organize the thoughts a little bit and maybe kind of reiterate a few things, but maybe summarize. Let's, let's call it kind of the end of the episode summary. I want, I'll, I'll address it with buyers and then with sellers, okay? So if you're a buyer's agent, I understand it's common practice. I, I know I, I know tons of agents who do this all over the country, including even in my locale, who, who make buyers sign an exclusive agency with them on the, on the guarantee that they'll get, you know, that the agent will get paid. And I look at it and go, gosh, part of the reason that I'm worth what I'm worth is because I give you the freedom and, and ability to walk away if you don't think that I'm holding up my end of the bargain. Part of the reason I can justify a higher commission or part of the reason I can justify what I charge or what I require, whether it's a buyer or a seller, is because I'm, I'm willing to put all of it on the line and let you walk away. But because I'm willing to take bigger risk, I expect and require the opportunity to be rewarded more at the end. But see, my service is my contract. If in the end I have a contract to fall back on that's written out that says, well, you have to pay or this is how long we're locked in together and, you know, whatever. If you buy a house in the next X amount of time, you got to pay me. I'm not letting you out of it. You haven't, you haven't worked on my schedule. Your expectations are unrealistic. So I'm not letting you out. Agents who put their clients in those positions probably didn't qualify that client enough on the front end and weren't really up for the journey that their client was going to go on. Are you asking the right questions? Are you qualifying on the front end? Are you taking the risk that your wage, the reward of your, the potential reward of your wage deserves? Because the more, the more risk we remove from what we do, the less in, in theory, the less we really deserve to be paid. If you, want, if you want to have no risk, if you want the guarantee that when somebody goes out with you that they're going to buy a house in X amount of time, if you want the guarantee, then lower your wage. There's no risk in it. Part of the reason that sales professionals get the opportunity to make what they make is because of the risk. Are you taking it? And on the listing side, you go, well, gosh, James, why would you let somebody out of the contract? Look at all the marketing expenses that you have. Sure, I might spend $2,500 bringing a, bringing a listing to market, but the reason I'm willing to lose that is because I could make 40 or 50 grand off of it. Maybe, maybe in some cases I, I only have the ability to make 7,500 or 10,000 or whatever. Maybe the return's a little bit less. But that's still a substantial margin. $7,500 return on 2,500 bucks? Sure, sign me up for an infinite number of those. But if somebody's not happy, somebody doesn't like what I'm doing, I got to let them go because it takes away from my ability to service others who want to work with me, who do see my value. I don't need to get caught up in this negative and the whatever. Lawsuits are, are so negative. 
fights and contract debates, they're so negative. Why do I want to get, why, why would I want that hanging over my head for as long as that kind of crap could, could be there? So I really want you to think about it. Is your service your contract? If you truly want to know how good your service is, then give everybody that you work with the opportunity to leave no strings attached and watch how much better you treat every single customer you work with. And watch how honest of feedback you get if somebody chooses to go a different direction. Everyone's like, oh yeah, well I don't want to get burned. Yeah, I don't either. I didn't sign up to get burned. But the biggest lessons learned are in the losses. I'd rather have honest lessons than mask them with this idea that like, ah, well, I'm going to suffer through a shitty transaction because screw them, they're under contract with me. No, I'm going to let them go. Why do you want to leave? No problem. Thanks for letting me know so I can do better next time. And sometimes we don't get the answers. Those are, those, those are frustrating, right? In the case where you, where you allow people to walk away, you know, sometimes you just have to use your best guess or you see where they end up landing and you go, ah, shit, you know, that's interesting. My best guess is I could have done this better, that better. What was the last thing that we had a conflict about? You know, what was the last communication that had a little bit of friction? Interesting. I wonder if I could have changed that. Maybe it was my tone. Maybe it was my wording. Maybe I wasn't getting back to them quick enough. There's so many different things, but we got to think about all that, you guys. We got to think about all that. So sellers, I always give an opt-out. I Typically what I do, excuse me, typically what I do is I ask for three or four weeks to actually let me bring the house to market, you know? If there's circumstances where something happens in their family or like it's a volatile deal and they, you know, they can't move forward with the sale or, you know, something unexpected happens. I mean, right. That's life. That's the risk I take also. But generally speaking, I say, Hey, you know, give me, give me three weeks, give me four weeks, you know, and if, if something, if you don't like something after that, go ahead. You can, you can fire me. It's fine. Might be a six month contract, but give me, give me a solid effort to be able to bring the house to full market and do what I said I would do. Right get us under contract, whatever. For buyers, no no agency agreement. You could be two years away from buying a house. That's okay. I want you to get out there. I want you to see what, what's out there. I want you to be able to game plan. I, I'm a consultant. We got to start inviting people into the real estate conversation sooner. And I'm going to leave you guys on this. We got to start inviting people into the real estate conversation sooner. There's this idea that we've got to make our money and we don't want to be tour guides and I'm not here to have my time wasted and all that, but is it really wasting your time when you're spending time educating your cl- your client or prospective client on, on the market, on what it could take to maximize profits from their potential sale in a year from now, to help them prepare and go through that? Part of the reason agents get, you know, agents go into this thing where it's like, well, if you're not ready to buy or sell like right now, then I guess we don't really need to be talking. Part of the reason agents lose business, part of the reason I've gained a lot is because I'm willing to have conversations for a longer period of time. We've really got to start thinking about how much we're able to make in this industry. Our income opportunity is unlimited, right? And with unlimited income opportunity, we have to really start thinking about like, is every, you know, everyone goes, well, you know, there's always somebody that's not going to, you know, that I, that would do the exclusive agency with me, or there's somebody that would do exactly as I said. And therefore I, you know, I'm going to go after the lower hanging fruit. Okay. But 
there's also an opportunity while you're working in this industry to change the face of it. There's an opportunity to be an agent that you hold as, as yourself to a higher standard. I don't want to work with people only when they're ready to buy or sell or rent or whatever. I want to work with people as soon as they start thinking about it. In fact, I want to be the catalyst to get people thinking about it so I can have a one-year relationship with them before they even start going out because I want to be part of the journey. I want to start helping people prepare, right? My service is my contract. Is yours? I really, really want you to think about that. And I know I've said this twice already, but I really want you to think about this in closing. How good is your service? If you really want to know how good, or maybe even how different your service is from all of your competition, then offer it with the full and open opportunity for your client to leave at any time without consequence, without any strings attached. And you watch how much better you treat every single person that works with you. You watch how much more you will hold yourself accountable. Because when that money can walk right across the street to somebody else, it's amazing how much more you'll actually start caring. People say, oh, well, that's shallow, James. You're just going to care because you care about losing the money. Sure. But you'll start realizing quickly what it takes to earn it. It's a lot on the line. But when you're held accountable to higher quality to be able to keep the client, you'll do better things. So that's what I have for you today. I hope that puts you into into good thought. You know, gosh, I, I just I hope I hope everyone, I hope all of you listeners out there just have the best damn rest of the year. And I hope that you're ready for 2022. In fact, we're we're all already working in 2022. That's why I said if you haven't done the goal setting stuff yet or the business plan, you got to get on it because as you know, on average, we're working for three to six months out, which means that everything you're doing now impacts you most three to six months from now. You got to make sure that you are working hard for it, okay? So keep an eye on, uh, on, on what your plans are for the future. If you haven't set those in writing yet, then do so. Go back and listen to that episode one. If you have any questions for me, please, please hit me up. James at reraw.com. Just like it sounds, R-E-R-A-W. James at reraw.com. So hit me up. If you're loving the podcast or not, it's fine. I don't care if you love it or hate it. But I sure would appreciate you smashing a five-star review and <laughs> saying something nice. Even if you don't like us, say something nice. Make us feel pretty. Help us get the word out. We work really hard to be the no-fluff, no-bullshit podcast and education source for agents and other industry folks who are looking to up their game. I'm so grateful to have you as one of those listeners, one of those subscribers, one of those folks. And if you know anybody else that could benefit from it, in fact, pick the agent that you like the least because they probably need the most help. Throw this their way. Say, even though I don't like you, go listen to James. I want to give you something. (laughs) All right, don't be afraid to hit me up if you got any questions. And uh, any comments, anything that you want to talk about in future episodes, anything you want to bring up, any feedback you have on this episode or ones in the past, you know, feel free to ask questions from other stuff. We'll bring those up in uh, future episodes and we'll rock and roll. Hope you have a fantastic uh, rest of the week. Hope you got something out of this. Remember something, real agents work. Make sure you are one of them. Catch you later.